people grieve in different ways. You can, your outlet could be anything. Your, your outlet could be skydiving, gym, whatever it could, whatever it is. It can be that. So long as it's healthy for you, that's that's fine. What's wrong is when people try to tell you how to grieve. I think that's when things become unhealthy because it's not you. Only you know how things are going to affect you and what's best for you. So if crying's not for you, it's not for you. It's not for you. It's not for you. It's not for you. This. Welcome to Talking to My Thoughts, the podcast where we have open, honest and raw conversations about the things that are playing on our minds. My name's Simon, aka SJ. I'm a video creator, I'm a father and I'm a business enthusiast. And my name is Craig, aka Mr. Positive, a cheesy motivator with a St. Lucian background, big dreams and a passion for helping others find and maintain their peace. Jeez. And we are joined by our two guests today. Tushon, if you want to go first, introduce yourself. Um, my name's Tushon, uh, aka Tush. Um, I'm a creative and I don't know what else to say. More than that. <laughs> <laughs> he's, just, he's out there, isn't he? He's making magic happen. That's what he's doing. Um, yeah, I'm a creative and a like, fashion enthusiast. And my name's Ricardo, aka Ricardo Lifting. I am a gym manager, I'm a personal trainer, I'm a personal trainer mentor, and I'm a YouTuber. Uh, so in this podcast, we bring a unique perspective on our inner thoughts by literally pre-recording the things that are on our mind before talking about them amongst the group. Now we do this because we believe that before you can be open with others, you first have to be open with yourself. So make sure you guys stay updated and follow us on all of our socials at Talking to My Thoughts. Now, today, our topic is dealing with grief as a man. Now, <clears throat> it's a bit of a sensitive subject. Obviously, grief is grief. How it's defined is, is basically a response to loss, particularly to loss of someone or something which has either you have a bond or an affection that is formed with them. Now, although conventionally focused on the emotional response to loss, it also has physical, cognitive, behavioural, social, cultural, spiritual and theosophical dimensions. That's a bit mad. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think about it like that. There's so many, when it comes to grief, because it's such a deep emotion, there's so many different ways it can affect you. Yeah, but I guess we'll just open it up just initially for you guys. When you think about the word grief as like a word association, what's the, the first thing that kind of props into your mind? Um, for me, like emptiness, hurt. Um, like something's missing. Like there's a hole in your heart. Like piece of you is, is gone. Mm. I thought, think of like bothered. Like you're bothered by something. I think of grief as being like everything's bothering you kind of thing. I don't know. I, I take grief as pain. It's weird. We all know grief. Yeah, that's a better word for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It matters. Yeah, that's a better word. <laughs> it's, yeah, my my kind of word to associate grief is is just pain, man. It hurts. It's not easy at all. But yeah, we'll open up that conversation a little bit more. Um, but before we do that, we'll we'll probably play our, our first pre-record. I'm happy to play mine first, and then we can just have a listen and open up the conversation. Does that sound good? Sounds good. Yeah. yeah. Dealing with <clears throat> dealing with loss. Yeah, it's a touchy one. Not 
not necessarily because it's just talking about how it affects you but obviously when loss has affected you in such a big way through your life it's it just trying to vocalize it can always just bring back a lot of sad times i guess i mean i've had well considering my age you would expect that there would be a, a few moments in my life where i would have lost people unfortunately it's just the way it goes the longer you live the more you lose but you gain a you gain a lot as well but you lose people along the way unfortunately um and i guess the way i i manage it is I don't even know if I do manage it to be honest. It all depends on the circumstance. Sometimes it's a shock. Sometimes it's a a build up, a process. A, a, like whether the person's sick, but it, it doesn't change the way it affects you, regardless. Because at the end of the day, you've loved that person, and the person is no longer with you. So. I don't know. I don't even know for how I manage it. To be fair, it's just being around loved ones. I don't know. Some people like to isolate themselves. I guess I go through phases. I go through stages of wanting to be isolated, wanting to be with my thoughts, and then upon reflection, wanting to be with the people that are grieving in the same way that I grieve, and trying to give each other strength. Um, yeah, it's not easy, man. I've taken I've taken loss hard in certain in certain times, and I've taken loss easier in others. And I guess it, it I don't know. It's, it maybe it stems down to how close, how connected you were with that person. As I said, regardless, you're gonna feel some kind of grief, some kind of pain, but. How you get over that? I guess it's just the support, support with people. You need people around you. It's hard because I guess we're, again, a lot of this comes down to being a man and and being strong and not being. Obviously, people consider crying to be weakness in many respects, and I know people friends family who have been raised that way and you see them at funerals without shedding a tear and it could be someone as close to them as one of their parents and they're just not crying it's because well i've been raised not to cry that's not what a man does <laughs> i ain't gonna lie i do my best to hold it in but <laughs> that doesn't always happen I have, I have no problem crying i have no problem letting it out at the same time you still feel like you need to be strong for the people around you you need to kind of show that strength so <sighs> yeah it's it's uh it's almost like an an inner battle or inner fight within yourself to try and be strong 
and not show weakness but at the same time you're you're hurting you're in pain Mm, yeah you can see me holding a stern face with a tear still in my eye (laughs) that's what I generally do but um yeah it's not easy man is there even a right way to manage it that's the thing I guess some people depending on the circumstance can be angry can get aggressive other people obviously would isolate themselves I think at the end of the day the important thing is is to address it to manage it to find a way to deal with it there isn't a way to deal with it there's multiple and I think you just need to find your way it's time time's a healer it takes time, it takes patience, and it takes support. I have actually so many questions, but that's uh, I can hear that it was there was a struggle in even doing in doing the voice note itself. Um, a lot of uh, uh, beliefs or things that you 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 stick by, but you was more taught rather than you believing it was the right thing to do. Um, for example, um, being a man, not shedding a tear. Um, raised not to cry um, becomes the inner battle because actually you believe that you should be able to cry you should be able to just kind of lay it out and hurt Um, what I could ask that first question what made you why do you think that is the case that you was taught to not cry or be a man in that way do you and then how do you believe what do you believe about today it's interesting though because when we talk about being taught how to be a man sometimes it's well often it's not actually like a verbal teaching it's not like someone's told you this is what you're meant to be or this is what you're meant to do a lot of the time it's you being taught by what you see so it's more so about what's reflected into the world and what you kind of connect with so whether you see i don't know you've got an uncle that you look up to or your dad that you look up to and he's always been he's always shown himself as a strong man he's, you've never seen him cry so then you just think okay well that teaches me because i want to be as strong as him i shouldn't be crying either so it's not necessarily a verbal teaching and i think that's where a lot of our as us growing up to be in men i don't know if we almost teach ourselves those things when they're, they're not necessarily the right things to be taught I I don't know when I kind of learned to let that go and be that way. I don't know if, <clears throat> I guess I was just, I got to a stage or got to an age where I was just a little bit more comfortable in myself and who I was. And I just realized that holding anything in doesn't serve me any purpose. And it was just like, well, it's, as I said, because in my voice now you can hear, yeah, sometimes I still want to put on that stern voice with a tear in my eye and it is a a kind of a battle within yourself but I've definitely got to a stage where I can let go a little bit more I don't know where it came from it's just I got to an age where it's just as I said I got a bit more comfortable in myself and I just thought you know what I don't gain anything by holding it in it it, it, uh, I don't know if it's like a release if it's a relief if it's what it does but it's uh, as we say it's better out than in so that's what I've kind of learned along my life journey to be able to do a little bit more. I find that pretty interesting because I can imagine like when there's a loss, all the men are looking at each other 
hoping <laughs> that one of them would cry so they can just cry too. And I'm yeah. pretty sure everyone's feeling the same kind of hurt at that point if the person mm. was close enough to them. So I have a feeling that it's probably like that. But when you watch your assumption and your ego makes you think, mm, he's not crying, I'm, I'm not doing it, I'm not doing it. Mm. Um, so yeah, I can imagine how, how, how much of an inner battle that is. And sometimes, um, again, this is why we're talking to my thoughts is here to kind of have this open conversation, realize actually there's a lot of things that we all suffer with. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I like get where you're coming from because growing up as well, I don't really see, like you don't really see your dad or uncles or anyone really crying in it. And, mm. uh, even simple things like, you know, it's like from the, I think it stems from like playground. And things like that. When you're at, when someone's angry, they like get teary and stuff. And people will be like, "Oh, you're crying. What are you crying for?" Like, do you know, do you, do you know what I mean? So it's like for mm. guys, I feel feel like it's like it's like a hard not life. It's like you're learnt to be, you're taught to be kind of tough and not not cry for things. Like I've I've broken bones and cuts and all. I've never cried, never shed a tear. Like, do you know what I mean? Even though it's painful and stuff like that, but it doesn't mean necessarily mm. that you don't cry. Like for me, it's like I don't feel like. Um, crying and getting emotional in front of people is going to make the situation any different for me. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Me, I always save my tears for, for somewhere else. Or if I can't really control it, it's never a blubbering cry. It's more tears in the eyes than anything else. And it's not like how you see on EastEnders and stuff when people are crying. It's nothing, <laughs> it's nothing like that. So I do feel like, like men, we like kind of hold everything inside and have to be like tough. It's not, you have to be, it's just like kind of installed in you already. Um, mm. which I don't necessarily think is a bad thing, but it's like when you don't cry, some people might think that you're like emotionless, which mm. isn't the case either. It's just like people, I feel like people just express their emotions differently. Yeah, you make a, you raise a good point about the support. Um, again, Simon basically repeated quite a few times, actually, if you could just find the place of people that have shared the same grief, then you can feel a little bit freer in a sense, or the way that they grieve is also the same, then you would mm -hmm. feel like less judged as well. Um, Ricky, what, what are your thoughts about it? Yeah, as, as Simon said, there's no right or wrong way. There's, you know, it's, it's a constant battle within yourself. You know, if crying is your outlet, that's your outlet. But in certain environments, you wouldn't want to cry. You know, but if you, if you go back to everyone around you is crying, you now feel free to cry. You, you're, mm. you're now able to cry. Versus if everyone had stern faces and they're holding it in, you're going to naturally want to hold it in. I guess it's the environment that allows you to do it. Um, and what you find is a lot of people will hold in their emotions and their grief and it turns into anger. It turns into a different type of emotion because they can't find that release. You know, and I think it's, it's healthy to find a release. It doesn't have to be crying, you know. For me, I, I I go to the gym, I lift weights. That's my 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 release in it. And when you listen to my voice voiceover, you kind of hear my process like going through it as well. That's interesting though. That why? Because I think both you and Tushan brought that up as well. Is like why do we feel feel that we need approval to cry? Like almost it's like okay, well if he's crying, then it means that I'm allowed to cry. Why, why, why would we even feel that? Why is that something that's instilled in us as men to think that, well, I can only cry if I see another man cry. And if he's going to be stern-faced, I'm going to have to be stern-faced. Like, why, why do we even think like that? It's not so much, uh, for me personally, it's not so much approval, but it's like, I don't like, I don't like the fuss. Do you know what mm. I mean? I don't like the, the fuss. I don't like, um, I don't like, like, not that people feel, I don't like pity. Like, I do don't like pity. You want people to feel 
the emotion that you've got, but you don't like want to seem like a burden almost. It's not a burden in mm. a sense. I don't know how to to like elocute in, like in words that that make sense. But to me, it's just like like me crying in front of people and stuff like that. They already know that I'm sad. Like, do you know what I mean? Mm. If you lost someone or you're upset about something, someone you having you crying is not gonna like indicate it more to them that you're more upset or anything. So that's why I don't really feel like you need to need to cry in front of people. Um, and also because of the situation that I went um, through, I didn't see like, cause I, I lost my sister. Um, I never once see her cry about her situation. Mm. So I was like, she's going through this. She's actually physically feeling this. I'm just like emotionally feeling it through watching her and, and what she's going through. And I didn't see her cry once. So for me to cry, I felt like, like, yeah, like that is weakness to me. It's like, that's weaker than her. Like she can do it without crying. Then there's no need for really for me to cry. I'm not saying I haven't cried, but sometimes mm. it's by myself. And then if someone asks me a question, you know, you, you wipe your face straight up, something's in your eye. I got hay fever in December <laughs> or whatever it is. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like all of these things you do to like kind of d- disguise it. But at the same time, you do want like recognition that you're upset and people to give you your space and, and things like that. Um, at the same time, like when Simon was talking about um, sometimes feeling like you have to isolate yourself away from everyone. Uh, but then other times you want to be around people um, that, that feel the same way as you. But I found being around people that are experiencing the same thing as you. It's like, for me, it's like when my mom's upset about something, I'll be like, okay, like, why are you so upset about it? We're going through the exactly the same thing. And sometimes I do feel like a bit harsh on, on other people because like she might feel a certain type of way about the situation and be upset about it. And I'm not that much as upset as she is about it. And I'm like, well, if I can, if I can soldier for it, you should be able to as well. But then again, people experience things differently. I lost a sister. She lost a child, her first child. Do, 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 you, know, do you know what I mean? It's completely different. So it's, it depends on the person and the, the, the circumstances sometimes to the way that you, um, you act to things. Mm. Um, yeah, you brought a good, a good, uh, sorry, you brought a good point there around, um, people experience it a bit differently. And I think, uh, something to keep in mind, we're going to move forward anyway, mm-hmm. but something to keep in mind is to know that the times that you did keep it in, did it make it better or worse for anybody that went through loss in their life? When you kept it in, do you think it made it better or worse? Something to think about when we move forward with the rest of it. Um, but we'll kick off with Ricky's, um, voice recording and then we'll, We'll hit that up. You know, loss is something that it doesn't matter who you are. It's a hard thing to go through. Um, man, woman or child. Um, I'm not a woman, I'm a man. And I was, I was a teen, but you classed as a child when I went through the biggest loss. Um, that I had to face, you know. Over years, I've had to go through many losses of family members. Most times, it was like a a granduncle or grandauntie. For the most part, um, when I was sixteen, I lost my dad, which was I don't know, indescribable. I think it when you lose a parent. It's, there's, there's no ways to describe it. That's, that's a big hole in your heart. The only thing that you can compare to that is losing a sibling or losing a spouse. So 
it was hard for me. It was, it was a flood of uncontrollable tears, uncontrollable emotion. And it affected me in bigger ways than I thought it did, you know. I was 16, I just finished school. It's in my summer holidays. And I was actually away in Senusha for the first time without parents. You know, it was just me and my cousin. We went to St. Lucia. Summer holidays was the longest summer holidays would have because we finished school. I was going off to college. Um, I went to St. Lucia and I get the call that my dad's in hospital. And I was like, get the call. My dad's in hospital. My mum wants me to come back. That's all I get told. Um, I thought my mum was being a bit... I don't know, a little bit emotional because I didn't know the severity of what it was. But all I know is my dad has spent all his life never been sick, never been ill. The last time he's known to be in hospital was when I wasn't even born and he ripped his Achilles tendon. Like, that was it. So, so I came back and I see him in the bed in a coma. And it shocked me. I've never seen my dad in this state. I've never seen him in hospital, let alone tied to tubes and having a machine support him. And in that moment, I didn't know what to do. I was just kind of frozen, just kind of stuck. And I'll never forget the words of the doctor. So my auntie and uncle asked the doctor, oh, how's he doing? Expecting positive things because I heard that there was a few responses in terms of his movement when asked certain questions, etc. So I expected something positive. The doctor said, honestly, he's dying. And my heart sank and I just burst into tears. My mum hadn't even had a chance to tell me. And I just get told that and I... There's no words that can describe it. I kind of blacked out. I just cried and cried and cried. I cried the most I've ever have done in my life. And to be honest, ever since then, and his funeral, I haven't cried ever since. I can't say it's me bottling up emotion. I just now desensitized to a lot of things because of it. Um, you know, I've experienced loss since then. Like a cousin who was close to my age. Um, and that hurt me deep because I was in St. Lucia. I was living in St. Lucia and I had no means of coming back um, to come to the funeral. So that kind of hurt me. It was my age. I, had, I remember good memories. I actually said I need to spend more time with him because I had spent some time with him, but not as close as maybe some of my other cousins. Um, but it was too late. We got shot down in the street. Wrong place at the right time. Um, Yes, it's, it's a hard thing to go through and no one deals with it one way. There's no right or wrong way. What helped me get through it was um, just keeping in mind everything that I do. I want whoever I have lost to be proud of me, proud of my actions. You know, I lost my dad. I've lost cousins. I've lost both my grandfathers. Um, as well as extended cousins, extended family, grand uncles and aunties. Um, but those, especially that were close to you, I think the only thing you can do is know that they've lived their life to the fullest. They, 
they lived it with no regrets and make sure that you just take the teachings, practices teachings, practices and experiences and those memories you have with them and just fulfill your life the best you can because that's what they would want and if they was watching you they want you to be happy and you want to make them proud so that's that's what kept me going that's what pushed me through it um that's what keeps me positive throughout it you know yes i miss my dad yes i miss these people my cousins you know my granddads but at the end of the day i know i can't bring them back all i could do is all i can all i can do is use their teachings their words and their wisdom to live the best life that i can you sharing that with us i think it is it's why we kind of do what we do with this platform is, is being able to give an opportunity to be a bit more open and be a bit more vulnerable and and share our stories as as much as we can and kind of see because obviously a, a lot of the stuff that we we do talk about does resonate with a lot of people but they're just not as vocal about it you're not the only one going through this we all go through it and i think it's important that we we have conversations like this we, whether you think it helps or not even if it doesn't help you you never know it can help so many other people just by hearing you share that thought and that story so first of all i just appreciate obviously both you guys for doing that as well um uh my question would just be how because one thing i kind of I've picked up on is after you said obviously your your dad well while he was passing obviously it was it was quite an emotional stage for you in your life but since then it was interesting there you said that you haven't really cried since what why do you think i don't know if it if in your mind it was a case of you trying to shut anything out or how you kind of use that as a coping mechanism why do you think that you felt that you you don't i don't know if you do it forcefully or if it's just something that naturally happens now why do you think that is um, honestly it naturally happens i don't like since that time and my dad's funeral my dad's funeral was kind of like the, the last release that I think I needed. Um, and then after that point, there's no need for that type of release anymore. Now, I'm not saying I coped with it the best. Um, to be honest, I went through college and I'm not saying I did terrible things, but I, my focus was away from my studies. I spent a lot of time in the gym socializing. I didn't understand why. And when it came to my grades, I got, I'm not saying I didn't get the greatest grades. I found ways to distract myself of it that I didn't realize was actually taken away from my studies. I didn't, I didn't even think, I didn't register it. Um, but it did. And it, I just had to come to the realization and just correct myself. But it's a, it's a process. It is a process. Um, I said, crying is no longer my go-to. Worst thing is before that happened, I used to cry all the time, like in front of my parents, I didn't cry necessarily that much out outside of that but in front of my parents or at home i would cry about certain things if i was upset or if i was hurt etc it's when i got past that i stopped crying i stopped i started telling myself not necessarily that i need to stop crying but crying doesn't help the situation what does mm. that's what i started doing so i tried started manifesting any frustration rage etc grief etc I just started manifesting it in different ways that 
is more productive than just crying because that's just the outlet you know i say i go i go to the gym that's an outlet and it's building my strength sometimes i socialize and that's building deeper relationships and connections with people like that's that's little ways where i find it's being productive i, I don't know that's my my natural mm. instincts now mm. yes yeah, that's so. interesting though because i think I mean, I, I agree with this point because Tushan's made this point and you've made this point. Craig obviously hasn't chipped in with that yet, but it's interesting how we've all kind of had the understanding that or the thought at some point where we think crying doesn't solve anything, so why do we need to cry? Like, And it's just almost like a, a go-to attitude. I've definitely had that as well, where it's just like, it's not what, what is it solving? So I don't need to cry. It's not solving anything. Who's it helping? Like when you come around, you see me crying and you want to give, put your shoulder, your arm around my shoulder, the person's not coming back. What, what, what good is that? I yeah. get it. But at the same time, we, we do need to find our release in one way or another. And for yeah, some definitely. people, crying actually does do a lot because it's, it's an acknowledgement. It's an acknowledgement. A lot of the time you want to hold in that, that pain and you want to hold in that grief and just think, well, you just have these constant negative maybe thoughts in your mind about why, why, how could I, what could I have done when really and truly once you get to that stage where maybe you can cry, it's almost like a release, it's an acceptance. And I think that in some, some respects, it does help. I didn't really realize that until later on in life. But I think as men, I think it's important that we can use crying as a mechanism or as a tool to release. I'm not saying you have to, but I'm saying if you feel like crying, then cry. It's not a problem. And I think we need to kind of, because as I said, I've had that in my head. I'm sure you guys have as well. I think we need to, as, a, as men, to just get that out of our mind that crying is an issue. It is a weakness. It is a vulnerability because it's not. I don't think it is. Uh, funnily enough, for the viewers, the audience, sorry, um, that don't know, me and Ricky are first cousins. So that was actually um, my uncle. And yeah, we were all after that. It was a really shocking, tough loss, just out of the blue, literally normal life and then boom. And it happened quite quickly. And then afterward, but the funny thing is, is that what we remember about it is what happened afterwards, us being together for like a good week or so, playing games and eating and doing the stupidness all the time. So we always remember that piece about it. Um, and also reliving his memory while he while it was happening he was constantly just making jokes and stuff that he would say and then some people would randomly burst out crying just remembering what happened but you know what all three of you mentioned the part about you feeling that you didn't have to cry and i've i haven't felt the same like i haven't had that same kind of loss so every time i haven't had a loss as um probably as strong as you guys but in a sense every time there has been a loss i've always thought about somebody else is hurting more than me so when it came to um, Ricky's uh, um, dad, Ricky is hurting more or uh, my auntie's hurting more or my dad, who was, kind of, who was basically his best friend. And then there was like a granddad, which was basically, well, my granny's going to hurt more or my parents are going to hurt more. Um, so I always stayed strong for them. So I didn't cry for them. But when they cried, I wouldn't see it as a nuisance. And I don't think you lot see it as a nuisance about other people crying either. Well, I guess too, she was a little bit different when you know, your mom's hurt and you're like, I need you to get over the hurt so or like not cry so i don't feel like i have to 
in a sense. I guess that could be where you kind of came from. So I think it's not that we see crying as a bad thing for others, but it's for ourselves. We don't want to be put in that situation. Yeah, I, I think it's more of just an acknowledgement. Is there a question in there? Um, do you feel that actually, yeah, this kind of resonates with the question we had just before I kicked it off with the recording. Do you feel that the way that you dealt with it or the fact that you don't cry anymore is um, healthy or unhealthy? Um, to be honest, I, it's not like I'm physically trying to stop myself from crying anymore. Like I get to a point, you might feel it. Sometimes you get that, that feeling in your chest where your chest is heavy, yeah. you know, your eyes water a little bit. And then I get to that point and I don't go beyond that point. And I end up most times if it's when it comes to grief, especially I know normally I talk it out. Like I'll talk to somebody, just share memories, all good memories you obviously you don't want to share anything bad it's all good memories and it gives you something to smile about that's what that's most times what i do so um i wouldn't say it's unhealthy for me not to cry anymore um just because i said that's not my outlet i it's not something that's natural to me anymore what like um like ricky said i don't like when you're not actively trying to cry or not trying to stop yourself from crying you don't really see it as a problem. You won't, you wouldn't really see it as unhealthy because that's literally the way that you're dealing with it. Um, mm. So not there's other ways that you couldn't express the fact that um, you're upset or that you're going through um, all of these like sad things um, other than crying. But to me, it's like I don't know. Like like you were saying when you guys were talking about your dad and. Um, like you know people making jokes and other people cry i find myself now um like i wouldn't cry i don't know i i, I cry more like i get teary and stuff more when i think about happy times than i do sad times um about loss so i, I think mm. back to like you know in regards to my sister i think back to the times when we was like you know playing and and doing all them kind of things and like i think about that stuff and when i think about that stuff that makes me more upset than, and not upset, but it's just like teary, but you smile as well because it's like a happy memory as well. But it's not necessarily, I don't sit there and think, oh, she's gone and get upset about it. That, that, that resonates more into like anger at the situation more than it does sadness. Mm -hmm. But I get more emotionally like sadness and more teary when I think of the good times rather than the bad times, which is a bit odd because before I used to question myself like, why am I not crying? Do you know? Do you know what I'm saying? Because I heard the news of my sister um, passing. My dad called me, kind of thing, and I kind of like was just blank. Like the, I didn't feel any kind of like emotion, like at all. Like I did feel emotion, like, but it hadn't hit me yet because I like maybe partly because I wasn't there to see. So I could, you don't believe it. You don't believe something until you really see it. But at the same time, I question myself like have I got a soul or something do I like do you know what I mean am I why am I not why am I not like in tears why am I not on the floor why am I not like unconsolable why am I like able to walk and drive and to the hospital mm -hmm. and stuff like that why why can I function properly when I've taken such a massive hit do you know what I mean like so I was, did really question myself as to like where I'm like emotionally do I am I like detached myself or or whatever but I've also taken like losses as well um, before that, prior to that, um, when uh, when my friend died when I was uh, fifteen, as uh, Simon knows, because Simon was the one that actually called me on the day when it when it when it happened, and like losing someone, your friend, when you're young, 
it's different because you don't like you're not taught these things like I've lost like my nan my granddad and stuff like that so I know about losses but I didn't know like a friend could just just go you think of like back then I used to think only people of a certain age can die like that's how I felt Mm. and it's only recently that I kind of discovered to myself that like his passing I kind of like almost ignored it like not ignored it to the fact I didn't care or anything like that it's just like I didn't act on it I didn't talk about it I didn't like emotionally I just detached myself from the situation completely and I don't think that was a good thing because it led me to start believing things in my head that something was going to happen to me when I was like 15 or something like that I couldn't see a future like I used to think because he was taken away so young and what was happening with like knife crime and stuff I thought I was next I'm not going to lie to you I thought like so I'm going to be walking down the street and something's going to happen to me so from that, I just became literally emotionless because I just thought, what's the point in anything? Because tomorrow I could be gone. Like this person on the bus mm. that's looking at me a bit weird. Is this the person that's going to take me? And I used to think about that a lot, but I never used to really express and talk to anyone about it. And it's only until one of my friends said that, like, have you like planned for a future for yourself? Do you think about like happy times and things in the future? Or are you just thinking too negatively because he, because he's gone, you think you're going to go the same way kind of thing. So yeah, it is, it is kind of unhealthy not to talk about things and not to let things out and just to bottle things up. But I don't think necessarily the way that you, you express yourself and stuff is wrong in any way. Because like you guys said, people grieve in different ways. You could, your outlet could be anything. Your, your outlet could be skydiving, gym, whatever it, could, whatever it mm-hmm. is. It can be that. So long as it's healthy for you, that's, that's fine. What's wrong is when people try to tell you how to grieve, I think that's mm. when things become unhealthy because it's not you. Only you know how things are going to affect you and what's best for you. So if crying's not for you, it's not for you. you yeah, you've identified, I guess maybe you've even identified during the conversation that realised naturally, okay, you know what, maybe I didn't cry or don't want to cry, but there is, it's actually, there is, it's okay. It's okay. And I really like this conversation because somebody always does a voice recording at the beginning, really confused, by the end of the voice recording, <laughs> like, oh, that's some clarity there. But again, it's again of giving us this ourselves the chance to just speak to ourselves. And sometimes we really, especially grief, we rather just block it rather than process it in a sense. I think even Simon kicked off the beginning of the whole the chat, um, the whole voice recording where you just said, I'm not even sure if I've managed loss yet. I've actually done anything about how I how what my outlet is or is the best way um so this is something you may discover over time but it, as you said at the end too she's just you know what it's your way your time and whatever you feel is the healthiest and you'll know when it's healthy and when it's unhealthy in a sense um so yeah thanks for that I think it will help a lot of people that's listening as well it sounds like a lot of pressure because when we go through those stages of thinking okay someone first of all when you said oh yeah well people are telling you how to grieve because they're automatically putting their expectation on you which first of all i don't agree with anyway but i because only you know how you can best deal with it so i a hundred percent only you have control of your emotion only you have control of yourself and how you're going to grieve and i think that it's important again to acknowledge it and then find a way to navigate through that because as we kind of addressed it's not healthy to cut it's not healthy to keep that in. Um, I just, I don't know, maybe my question to you would be, why do you feel that there is even, why do we even put that pressure on ourselves to even try and think about how we should grieve or even think about how the external world will 
or see us in the way we manage ourselves as men and manage our grief as men? Why do we even put that pressure on ourselves? I think kind of it's because of society and the things that we've seen and the things that we've kind of experienced around us. So like I, I referred to like EastEnders or soap operas and stuff like that before. Hmm. Um, but if you use that as an example, when you see someone um, like pass away on the TV or a relative of someone, you see everyone like, you know, breaking down, everyone crying, everyone like, you know, people like almost losing their mind almost. Do you, do you know what I mean? People not. And I feel like from that, it kind of teaches us subconsciously that like this is the way that things happen. This is the way that you deal with things. And you can watch like multiple things on the television or or whatever. And you will see the same, like you'll see a pattern emerging of like everyone kind of doing the same things. So when it actually happens mm. to you, if you haven't experienced loss before, the only example you're going to have of how to deal with it is things that you may have seen on the TV or things that you may have heard and so on. So I feel like that's, that's partly the reason why to, that we are the way that we are and the way that the reason why we might question the things that we're doing as maybe that's wrong or, or like, I'm not doing this right. Or like, you know, it's mm. an, it's an expectation almost. And people do put the pressure on, not pressure on you, but they kind of like, feel like they're giving you advice on how to do things but that's how they would do things it's not necessarily how you would do things and because they're like you can have three people telling you the same thing so if you're doing you're doing the complete opposite to what them three people have said majority rules you're going to say that the way that you're doing it is wrong and i think part of the reason why we might necessarily be told or think to deal with it in that way is because i think if you look back at like generations i don't know about you guys but when i look back at the different generations like parents grandparents they never they probably dealt with grief but never really expressed to, to us anyway how they identified how to grieve you know we're having these conversations and i can identify this is how it's affected me and this is my means i don't think so this might be speculation but i've never been told or shown this is how they've dealt with grief and this is how it's affected them and I don't know if they've necessarily reflected it, reflected on it. So sometimes they're telling you to cry because that was their only outlet. That's the only outlet they knew. You know, they didn't have forums where they discussed things like that. A lot of the times, the older generations, when it came to grieving, after the crying phase, the emotional bit, sometimes they just hold everything in. That's what I, I know. They used to hold everything in. They wouldn't have... Like even something as simple as talking about that person. Because I've seen it. Like they don't talk about that person. And when you do dis talk about that person, that's when it just comes out. Mm. But what I did, me personally, I kept talking about my dad until I didn't have to feel that heaviness anymore. It was now good memories. It was now smiles. I could happily talk to a stranger about my dad. And I didn't feel any kind of way. Because... I know the life you live. Uh, <clears throat> this is an interesting one, actually. Uh, do you feel like being a man forces you to desensitize death? Oh, uh, um, <clears throat> that's an interesting one. We could say no, but media, games, other things, social media would say otherwise. Because everything, well, not everything. So let me not be too, too, too uh, pessimistic about it. 
a lot of games and other things, you kind of do desensitize death. Action movies, you desensitize death and not even just normal death, like gruesome death. So it's almost like, it's just like, it's almost, it's, I would say it's like a game, but it is a game. Like, um, so mm. this, this, I, there's this whole debate about, oh, games are violent and it's, it's causing our children to, to learn the wrong things. And then I'll be like, nah, man, I love games, man. It's not doing that. <laughs> but then at the same time, when the action movie comes on and Saw or something, I'm laughing at Saw rather than being like, oh my God, this is human beings being killed mm. in a fake world in a sense. So I'm going to say, yes, we are, de we are desensitized to death. Um, why? I'm unsure. I, I, I've I've been questioning a lot of things, I guess, in the, my last few years that the world, the system that we're in is kind of put in place to make us ignore ourselves, which includes ignoring ourselves as human beings as well. Like knowing that we're not just machines that are supposed to work, not just um, knowing that we, we have emotions, we can express it, just, which is the reason why the, the, the rise in mental health awareness, because people are genuinely suffering in their head. As Ricky mentioned before, um, we're almost shown what how to deal with death and maybe it's not the right or the wrong way but what we've never been given the the explanation and the reason why we weren't given explanation from previous generations is because they didn't have self-awareness but now we're in a place where mental health awareness requires you to have to be self-aware for you to take any control so <clears throat> things are slightly shifting right now where the, the generations are like I kind of want to listen to myself. I kind of don't want to just, uh, what they say, um, just be told what to do and then just do it because it doesn't seem to be working really well. Yeah, we are, I think in many respects, we are, as I mean, I, I definitely agree with Craig, we are in many respects desensitized to death, but we were never really taught to deal with it when it comes close to home. Um, it's unfortunate and I think I, I what one thing I would like to do by the end of this conversation is realize that the process of grief, we we need to think of it. I, I don't want to say this like bad, but it's not. There needs to be some kind of positivity that comes out of it. So it's not always a curse of being down, being negative, being out, letting it consume you. I think there's always there's going to be a stage where eventually we get to a happier place where we can just look back in the person's memory and be happy. Um, but I think that unfortunately in, in kind of even in the society that we live in, because death is getting closer to home with whether it's knife crime, gun crime, all sorts of stuff that it does unfortunately, in particularly for men as well, become desensitized because you, you see it a lot. It's unfortunate, but you do. And I think that it's a shame. It's almost like a protective barrier because it's like if we expect it to happen now, when it does happen, we won't get hurt as much. It's like, well, I knew that was going to happen. So because I knew it was going to happen, I kind of mentally prepared myself. So then when it does happen, it doesn't hit me as hard. When the case is, it's always going to hit you hard, especially when it's close to home. So I think that's my, my kind of long slash short answer to that is, yeah, I do think now, unfortunately, we are desensitized to it. And it's not just because of movies or video games because it's, it's it is different when it comes close to home but because we see it so often in movies in games in the news it's a protective mechanism to be like yeah it happens so now i just have to move forward and deal with it and that's just unfortunate man when is the last time you cried or bawled for a happy moment uh, i'll say for me in the last probably in the last couple of years I find myself like watching a few movies, watching stuff on Instagram, which is just like either super touching or um, 
something that the, the movie just hit home kind of thing. And that has probably kind of made me teary. I haven't allowed the tear to drop yet, though. I need to get to that stage. <laughs> but um, it's got me to the point of being at least teary. And I think actually one of the movies I need to watch again, which was The Pursuit of Happiness. I watched it once in my life. And I'm telling you that that Jeez. movie was hard to absorb. And I've been, I've been oh. looking at it on Netflix. It just keeps popping up. And I'm like, I know what you're saying, God. But I'm, just give me time, man. <laughs> just give me time. I'm going to watch it again. So that one, I think, is probably going to hit home. Maybe I'll come back on the podcast and tell you what, tell you what happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, that's from me. Um, I wouldn't say bull my eyes out. <laughs> um, I'd just say, yeah, just some, sometimes it's movies. Um, I watch animes when something good comes out of the anime, like at the end. <laughs> but uh, it's just, it's just that, that little, that little tear that stays in the eye. <laughs> it's just held there and it's a smile on your face. I think that's, that's about it. But to be honest, I haven't really cried at, like cried, like there's proud moments. Like remember my cousin's wedding in St. Lucia and I was the best man because my dad would have been the best man. I think that kind of brought that kind of mm. pride in my eyes. Like I had the little tear, didn't drop, but I was just happy. It was, I was happy because I was happy for him. Saw him as a happy man. It was it was a wonderful ceremony. So I think that's that's the last time I would say that I remember. Well, I haven't really cried for like like happy like I don't really get emotional over like things. But I'd say going over um, like memories. So like, you know, mm. Snapchat, I don't know if you guys use Snapchat, but everyone knows you get like a year or three years memories. So, you know, you get a little red dot, you click on it. I'm and- trying to get promo from Snapchat. We're going to get the sponsor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, so yeah, I was using, um, yeah, I was just on Snap and yeah, I occasionally go through the, the memories and stuff. And it was just simply like a clip of like my sister bowling. Like, like well, not just her, it was me. It was my brother. Like, we was all bowling, you know, the competition, the sibling rivalry and all that kind of stuff. Mm. And just hearing everyone's voice and happiness and like... Who won though? Who won? Who won again? Do you need to ask? Come on, sorry, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't even think I won. I, feel, I don't even think I won. That but yeah, no, it was just, it was just like, it, it's just a happy event. Do you, do you know what I mean? And it's just like, you know, it bring, like you say, it brings a, like a tear to your eye. And like, I'm, like, I'm quite thankful that like... Like going back onto a point, I know it's a bit off topic. Like what you were saying before about the other generations not being able to, like you know, express themselves and that. But we've got like so many things at our disposal right now that kind of help and aid us. Like people have like black and white photos of their mum and dad from. I've, we've got like videos, like recordings and stuff. You know, like I can still like hear my my sister's voice and stuff, and that brings like happiness to, to it's sad but it's ha- like brings happiness that you can hear her still because her memory's still there do you know what i mean so that, like memories and stuff like that and the snapchat thing that kind of brings tears of happiness like because you're experiencing that whole thing over again happy moments i don't know <laughs> don't really cry in happy moments to be fair it's more uh, i don't know if it's even teary yet it's just pride i get i get a lot of pride in just watching my kids grow as well. Sometimes, sometimes I just, it's weird. Even like I'll be at home and I'll just be staring at them. I'll just be staring at my girls and I'm just like, like I'll, I'll black out for a minute. I'll just be staring at them. Just like, it's beautiful, man. It's a beautiful thing. You've brought someone into the world. They're growing, they get older, they, they're learning. They look like you a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's just, yeah, man. I, I mean, for me my kids are the biggest blessing I've, I've ever had so that's for me i don't necessarily cry but 
there's definitely proud moments. Even they could just be sitting down watching TV and I'll just be turning around and just stare at them like, wow. That just wow. So yeah, that's the, those are the moments. Those are the happy moments for me where it just gives me a sense of joy, fulfillment, and, and it's just overwhelming love, man. So that's how I, I kind of, I, I may get not even teary eyed, but it's just definitely an emotional moment, just seeing them grow and that 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 can happen anytime it could happen any day i'm I'm sure it happens all the time and i don't even realize but um for me yeah that's the that's the biggest thing for me that's the biggest thing what do you think your your positive coping mechanism is if there is one i'll do my one since it's probably quite light um i pretty much just spend the time with the people that i also went through it too um and we could just watch movies uh i guess a good part of it that i always remember was obviously with um ricky and the family uh and we just played games and we i tell you that every time we keep remembering some of the stupidest jokes that we had during that time and it just keeps coming up so i guess having that moment and then there's a there'll be a moment when we're all together and the majority of us that are together that were there that at that time come together and we're like it feels like that again so i guess Mm. kind of just doing the things that you enjoy with the right the people that know know have felt the same pain um yeah cool um yeah similar because obviously we we went through that experience and i think that's that's one of the things is just doing things you love with those people reflecting on those memories talking about the good times the good stuff you know and i said jim is another outlet that's a completely another outlet <laughs> it's healthy but there's not much to say about it it is what it is but yeah just spending time with the ones that are around you that you do love because yeah you may have lost someone you love but you haven't lost everyone you love so just cherish who you have around you oh um <clears throat> yeah quite similar it's just uh spending spending time with people um and doing things that you you kind of uh enjoy um through this i kind of felt like i wanted to shut myself away and not talk to anyone and just you know just be angry at the world kind of thing but then i sat and thought about like all of the help that i've received um all the conversations i've had with people people that i've met through even through the loss like people i met people that have reached out to me then tried to help and spread the message spread my sister's story and stuff um I felt like I owed it to to everyone to like kind of um to be there like you know to continue to tell her story and stuff like that so I guess her, my my mechanism is kind of telling her story and like making sure that it's like never forgotten and that her memory is forever lasting as well as spending time with the people that are closest to you is always the best like it's the best mechanism that like shutting yourself away and thinking about things to me doesn't help me personally it's a beautiful thing man when you can turn something like grief and be able to to use it to help give that person's life longevity through your own life through your own experience through sharing their memories with other people and being able to basically carry on their message and their story and i think definitely something that i think at least for for us and our listeners is going to be important is to again get past that stage of grief where we're thinking why how what could i have done and start thinking let's continue their legacy in some way or another let's let them live through us now 
they're not going to be here, but they've given us memories and they've given us experiences that are going to last a lifetime. And we can then pass that on. So I think that it's, it's a beautiful thing that we can take something which is so sad and be able to let it blossom into something which can then be a lot more beautiful. Wicked. So amazing. Thank you guys for sending in those questions. Please do keep sending them in. And obviously this platform isn't just about us talking to you. It's about you guys getting involved. So make sure you ask more questions, continue the conversation and open up to us about your views and your experiences. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please like, share and remember to follow us to stay up to date with all of our new content and events. Guys, thank you so much for taking part. Thank you for the conversation. We really appreciate you opening up to us and everybody else. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you guys soon. Take it easy, everyone. Have a good day. Yeah. Peace.